Welcome to The Coaching Story. I'm Kevin Hemphill. I would like to thank the people responsible for making this podcast possible. Proactive Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine. With 13 locations throughout the Front Range, they are conveniently located. And coaches and athletes should know that they specialize in quickly evaluating and treating injuries that occur during competition. Call 303-214-9159 to make an appointment or visit their website at ProactiveColorado.com. Joshua Holloway Design Studio. Spending over a decade in the industry, Joshua Holloway provides design services for custom logos and brand identity, promotional items such as t-shirt designs and social media content, and anything else your business might need to reach your target market. Visit JoshuaHolloway.com to view an extensive portfolio. And Grey Goat Marketing. My friend Andy Stanton has more than 25 years' experience in all aspects of marketing, including social media, websites, and podcasting. Check out his website at graygoatmarketing.com or follow Grey Goat Marketing on Facebook. And thanks to Kurt Elliott for the music. On September 25, 2021, before the University of Northern Colorado volleyball team took on Montana State, Erin Deffenbaugh-Reedy had her number 5 volleyball jersey retired and placed in the rafters at the Bank of Colorado Arena within the Butler-Hancock Athletic Center. She became the first UNC female athlete to have her number retired, and it is placed next to basketball player Mike Higgins' number 55 jersey. Though she started every game of her career and was the Division II Player of the Year as a junior and the Division I Independent Player of the Year as a senior, her biography goes well beyond success on the volleyball court. It involves family, coaches, and teammates that inspired her, an ability to overcome adversity, and a true appreciation for the path she was able to follow. Coaches are drawn to sport for reasons that include the strategy, competition, and the sense of committing to a goal that is bigger than themselves. But it is the athletes that will forever be at the heart of coaching. For this reason, it is a privilege to add the Aaron Deffenbaugh story. As we look back on any athlete and try to determine what made them special, there is not going to be one answer that fits. With Erin Deffenbaugh, we can look for the clues from a well-informed source, as her high school volleyball coach at Strasburg High School was her father, Colorado High School Coaches Association Hall of Famer Larry Deffenbaugh. He summed up his beliefs in one word, driven. That's how she got to where she was. Definitely athletic ability, but driven. Aaron would sit out there in the driveway on her pogo stick with bouncing it between her legs and then dribbling around shooting shots until she got to so many. She always wanted to get better. That's She stayed after practice. She took extra shots. Whatever it took, that's what she did. Easy to say, harder to do. She's just a hard worker, always has been. Aaron's success in high school was at the top level. With numerous individual and team awards, which include the 1999 2A Volleyball Player of the Year, two state runner-ups in volleyball as a junior and senior, a track state championship in the medley relay, and a basketball state championship in her senior year, Aaron's achievements were extensive. Two-time state champion basketball coach Mercy Ames was able to work with her during her entire development and gave insight as to the changes she saw over time. Erin was always very competitive. She's a gamer. Big games, she would come through for you. You didn't have to worry about Erin failing 
I think you got to see a little bit of an evolution from Aaron from middle school through her high school career. I, I didn't get to watch very much in college, but definitely through college as well. And like a lot of athletes, as they begin their journey and they take their journey through, it's a learning process. When they're good athletes and they're competitive and they're mentally strong, all of which Aaron was, you get to see that really develop. And it was pretty amazing to watch her go from her freshman year, which was a great athlete, to her senior year where she was a great player. I think there's differences between the two. And I think mentally, there's just lessons you need to learn. There's the experience and playing with your teammates and all of the stuff that goes with that. And she really developed into a very great player, both in volleyball and basketball. And in track, of course, she was a great athlete. Erin credits her coaches with establishing the environment that allowed her to excel in volleyball, basketball, and track. Along with this, she believes that her teammates were crucial in helping her to develop during her high school career. They were so formative. I was so privileged to be on amazing teams in high school. I look back on that and I just think about how coming from such a small town, how I was surrounded by such amazing athletes and coaches. Many of my teammates went on to play collegiate athletics coming from a small town and Mercy and my dad and Milheiser and Dave Spiller. I mean, they were all just phenomenal coaches who pushed me and they all got me. They all knew they could push me, but they had that great balance and just the sense of community and camaraderie that we had just set me up for success going into UNC. Coach Ames and her dad agreed with the impact her teammates had on her progress and gave their opinions of what it did for Aaron. Oh, I think it's greatly important. I think that was a big part of all of their development. They were all kids with really good character too. I I don't know if people realize that. They had good integrity and good character and they had great parents. It was really a special class in that regard. They performed well in the classroom. They performed well socially, emotionally, and also in extracurricular activities. And, And I think that's really important for your development. Sometimes, you know, you might have just as good of athlete with all of the same gifts, but they're surrounded by people that maybe don't have those or don't have the same kinds of attitudes. And there can develop a lot of issues with that. I'm not saying that they won't still develop and still be great athletes and perform well, but there's something about that competition and surrounding yourself around good people of good character that will hold you accountable and will also challenge you to become your best. And uh, we preach that as teachers and coaches, of course. Out of that class, I think on the girls' side, I think there was five of them that went to go on and play college athletics. You had Christy Crom and Keely O'Dell and Julie Bowen and Brandy Bennett. That level of competition and they had a good relationship. They squabbled like any family would. But for the most part, they really supported each other and they really took care of one another and they held each other accountable and challenged each other and I think that just makes for an even greater growth and development and giving you more tools to be successful. And I I do think that was an important part. I think that helped. Well, I think Aaron fared well. You know what that class did. I mean, and all the things they have accomplished afterwards, teachers, doctors, coaches, physical therapists. I mean, they're all doing all sorts of things. And I think when you have that kind of a group, that was a special group of girls because not everybody gets to play on a team like that. I didn't cut one senior. I kept every senior that year. And sometimes that's not easy to do because you don't know how they're going to handle it. But I think they handled it very well. The Deffenbaugh family was very supportive of keeping their children involved in the school. 
Both Larry and her mother Mary were teachers and encouraged participation from all of their children, which include Aaron's older sister Marissa and younger brother Lincoln. Yet the focus wasn't on championships and individual awards, but rather the positive development of their children as they grew into adults. We just told them, do what you want to do. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. But whatever you do, you commit to it and you finish it and you stick with it till it's over. Aaron got a lot of offers. Marissa did to to play club ball. It's expensive. I'm not overall a club guy. I do coach a 12th team at Elevation. That's a younger age group, which I really enjoy. However, I'm more of a multi-sport athlete coach. So I just think they just kind of went that way. Marissa played a couple of sports. Lincoln was a multi-sport athlete, and so was Aaron. So I don't think I would have ever wanted any of them to just overly specialized. You get to try different things. You get to find your passion. Maybe it's for all of them. Every kid's got a sport they really, really like. You get to find out which one you enjoy the most. You can beat a lot of different levels in a lot of different sports. And I think that's always a positive thing. It makes you more well-rounded. Same thing with your education. It makes you more well-rounded as a student and an athlete. Coach James also gave her insight as to what it meant for Aaron and the positives of her well-rounded development. I think there's a lot of benefits to being a multi-sport athlete. I think, too, while Aaron was extremely gifted athletically and, and as a player, being a part of a team and being in different roles on different teams, I think, gives you a perspective that especially allows you to succeed in college. Because if you come through and you know, you've only had that one role your entire life, And then all of a sudden you're thrown into this very large pool of collegiate talent and competition. And sometimes it's a pretty tough adjustment. Erin got to play multiple roles, even though she was one of our top tier athletes. And being able to work with others and the perspective and the experiences that you get in those different sports, I think all lend to your mental toughness and to your competitive nature. And in terms of being able to get along with others, I, that's a huge part. When you go on and play a team sport or even get a job, you've got to work with a lot of different people and different personality types. And so being able to be exposed to that in different teams, I think is pretty important to allow you to adapt and be able to have the tools to work with others. Yet with the upside of being a multi-sport athlete, In some ways, it may have forced her to be more aggressive in her pursuit of continuing her volleyball career, as she was not involved in club volleyball during the offseason. Erin gave further insight about her path to college. I think it had to do with some of club and then also my height for my position. But I was recruited by some other Division I schools. UNC obviously was Division II. PEIU, he's now an assistant at UNC, and he was the head coach at CU. And I remember going on my recruiting trip there. And I liked it there, but I just fit in so much better with the girls at UNC. And I remember him telling me, he said, I want you to come here and play, but if you go Division II, you'll be an All-American. And that's what he said to me on that recruiting Mm -hmm. trip. And I had the opportunity to talk to him at my Jersey retirement. And I told him that story and he's like, oh, I remember that. So, yeah, I think it was both club. And then I also think just my height and coming from a small town mm-hmm. and UNC just looked past that. Though she started every game of her college career, like any athlete, Aaron had to adjust to the demands both on and off the court. This is where many great athletes decide to move in a different direction. But to some, the obstacles are what make the sport so invigorating and the rewards more than worth the sacrifice. 
first of all, I'm very close with my family. So obviously being away from my family, but in terms of volleyball, I think the training regimen, I mean, it's intense. I mean, we were doing three days in August and no air conditioning. I was up there just a couple of weeks ago and it's totally fully air conditioned now. (laughs) It's like all posh and we were dying in there. It was rough. I remember my freshman year after two days of three days, and I'd been training in the summer because my dad helped me out. He's like, you got to train. I remember I had to crawl out of my bed (laughs) down into the bathroom because I was so sore. And then I had to go train. I had to find a way to do it. And I think that was like probably one of the hardest things. Mm-hmm. was you you got to show up you can't miss and and I didn't in high school but just that level is just so much higher and the demand is a lot higher too and then juggling missing a lot of classes you had to go to your professors at the beginning of a school year because you're in a, a fall sport and give them your schedule and introduce yourself they gave us the whole spiel you know and then I have to be gone these and these dates and I did have several professors there weren't many but over the years I had two or three that were like you need to transfer out of my class like I'm not gonna accommodate that and just having to get your work turned in early and pretty grueling, especially as a freshman, just coming into that fall and just into college and missing lots of classes and all that. Coach Ames, who was a college basketball player at the University of Wyoming, added why she believed Erin was able to continue on and thrive in her new environment. I think uh, what you got to see was a lot of her competitive nature. She's a gamer. When there's big games going on, she will come to play and she will perform. I, I don't think there was ever a game in which she failed to perform mentally. There's always mistakes you make when you're younger, but I don't count that. She came to play. She's very competitive. And when she was challenged, she would step up to the plate. And I think that is huge. You have to have some of that grit, for lack of a better term, to be able to survive as a college athlete. It's a lot of work and you've got to be able to survive that both physically and mentally. And to do that, you got to have some toughness and some grit and some really big desire to be able to perform. Also, for the first time, Erin would be coached in volleyball by someone else other than her dad. This person happened to be Linda Delk, who had mentored Larry early in his coaching career. Sometimes the handoff to someone else can be difficult, but the coaching side was not the concern for Larry. Well, that wasn't the problem. It's just the fact that she's leaving the nest. She's going to college. She's on her own. She's got her own dorm room, and she's practicing six to nine hours a day. Didn't bother me who coached her. I thought it was exciting that she was going to be able to go. It's a different level of volleyball. For her to be on the court as a freshman, it's a hoot. It's really exciting to see your kid in another venue besides your own, and for her to be on the court as a freshman. I mean, maybe then I just really realized how good she was for us and how solid an athlete that she is and her passion and her drive. Although Erin was already an established player, her recognition at the national level truly began during her junior year. The 2002 UNC team made it to the Elite Eight, and Erin was awarded with the NCAA Division II Player of the Year. This was also the year that assistant coach Ron Alexander took over as head coach of the program. To Aaron, his impact was immediate. Ron was just the perfect balance of being tough on you, but encouraging. And he just really brought out all of our best assets. He just got it. I don't know. You just wanted to just die out there for him. I mean, he'd be so passionate, but he never got on you in a way where you felt like, oh no, like if I miss this, I'm going to come out or he just really got it. And he understood, 
he made us learn like the fight song, the UNC fight song, and we'd have to sing it after every game, win or loss. And he did honor Jersey on Jersey history of all past UNC players. And he hung them over our lockers. So you could see like the players that played before you and what they did under your number, just things like that. I don't know. He just really created this sense of community that we just wanted to just be our best for each other and for him and our university. Another change during the 2002 season was the transfer of high school teammate Christy Crom to UNC. Having coached them both during their high school careers, Coach Ames knew of the positives of having the two together again. Yeah, I think so. And they're great friends too, of course. They do have different mindsets and they come from kind of different backgrounds a little bit in terms of how they approach their successes and their challenges. But a lot of what that was, I think, in college, I think that was helpful was they've got to work with someone that they were comfortable with. They were supportive of one another, even though they would rise to the challenge and challenge each other to do the best they could. And they kind of fulfilled each other's strengths and weaknesses a little bit. I don't know if I could quantify it as much as I should, but they would be able to support each other in a little bit of their weak areas. And it was just a good teamwork with those two, especially. She came back and worked with Aaron and they had some great success and they work very well together. Aaron was also ecstatic at the possibility of having her friend back on the same court. She's still one of my best friends. We still stay in touch. And, you know, we played against each other in the North Central Conference. She was at Morningside our freshman and sophomore years. So we were playing against each other. And then she kind of reached out and she's like, hey, I, I kind of want to come there. I kind of want to walk on. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you'd be amazing. And then she connected with Ron and walked on and ended up being our starting libero. And just the passion being in sports together since seventh grade. <laughs> it was pretty special. Looking back, Larry was able to put into perspective how important Crom's transfer was to UNC and why she fit in so well with the team. Huge. She was at Morningside, and she was wanting to come to UNC, and I don't know if they were going to give her a scholarship. She had to walk on first. I thought she could do it, personally. And I just told her, I said, well, Christy, you're not going to know until you try, but it's got to be a leap of faith. Well, man, did that work out. So you got all these kids on that little UNC team that got the UNC Elite Eight. And if a couple of breaks, maybe farther, you got Teal Goble from McClave. You've got the twins from Eaton. You've got Danelle Angus from Platte Valley. You've got Christy and Aaron from Strasburg. I mean, Ron loved had those kids from small schools. He loved it. He liked the multi-sport athlete, too. So just funny how it all kind of came together, huh? Fresh off of an Elite Eight appearance, Aaron was riding a wave into her senior year but an injury occurred while working at one of her father's summer camps that changed the trajectory of her college career. We were doing a camp at Stanley Lake, and she said, I'm going to show this girl this slide one more time. I turned away. We were headed to lunch, and I heard her yell and turned around, and she was on the ground, and she tore her MCL, her ACL, and her meniscus. So it took about a year to get her back. And during that time, that was the last year for Division Two was going to be her senior year. She went through a lot of pain, as anybody would, going through an injury and rehabbing it like that. And Dennis and Daryl Martin were the ones that got her through that. I can't think of anybody better to get her through that process than those two. So, yeah, it was hard on her to sit around and not to be able to do anything while you're still doing this therapy. Oh, yeah, drove her nuts. She couldn't do any summer camps with me. I took her to, I think I took her to one or two anyway. You know, that's hard. But there's a lot of things that are harder in life than that. And she got through it. 
and came back. And I think she only lost an inch of her vertical, which is pretty incredible. It didn't even wear a brace. With the help of Dennis and Daryl Martin, who were also Strasburg alums, Aaron was able to rehab the injury. It was a grueling process, yet when looking back, Aaron talked about her thoughts of giving up after the injury. No, <laughs> if I'm being honest, probably now I would, but in that time, I just thought I'm never going to get this back. I was willing to do whatever I needed to do. And I was fortunate too, to have connection with the Martin brothers mm -hmm. because Daryl Martin was uh, up in Greeley at the time. And, you know, as an adult, I would never have the time to do all that therapy that I did and have the connections that I did. I'd go see him for like four hours a day. I was down. It was hard to see my teammates, the other seniors, they're going off to go play and I drop them off at the bus to go to the airport. And yeah, that stuff was hard, but no, I was very determined. I just wanted to get back out there. Larry also replied with how he felt about the chances of Aaron quitting after the injury. Oh, are you kidding? No. I mean, nobody works harder than her as far as rehabbing that injury. I, I mean, everybody goes through a little bit. Am I going to be okay? Is this going to heal right? But they assured her all along that she would be able to heal 100%. And she has, really. I mean, if they're saying she's going to get through it if she does everything she's supposed to do, then she's going to work hard and do it because that's just what she does. So after a year away from the game, Erin returned for her redshirt senior season that ended with her as the Division I Independent Player of the Year. But there were obvious unknowns to start. The day before my redshirt senior year, I was cleared. And I remember standing out there and I could barely put weight equally on my knees. And somehow I just got it together and I don't know. Beyond this, Erin had changed her perspective on the game and found joy in competing with a new set of teammates was so hard sitting on the sidelines and I absolutely just felt, okay, you were taking a lot of things for granted. It was actually awesome because I really got to connect with some of those other younger players and I had a different setter, which Linnea Killsgaard, who I was with those first three seasons, she's just top notch. And I told her she flew in for the Jersey retirement and surprised me. And I said, your name should be up there too, because you can't get those kills without your setter giving you the ball. But those other players, I mean, we just connected on a different level and I had to work harder. I definitely had to work harder for my kills to really put things in perspective. With a catalog full of accomplishments on the volleyball court, both at UNC and at the national level, it would be easy for her to point to these as her source of pride. Yet it is something less quantifiable that she immediately thinks of when the subject is brought up. I think coming back from my injury, I think is like probably the thing I'm most proud of just because it would have been easy to fold. And just the fact that I came back and I decided I'm not wearing a knee brace, I'm just going to go for this. But just also to just be surrounded by so many amazing teammates and com the community that I had there, I just, I couldn't have done it without all those people. And coming from a small town and the community of people that I always have in my back, I'm so proud that I come from a small town and that I have that. And even at the Jersey retirement, I mean, Linda and Will Huffman were there and people <laughs> that have known me since I was a little girl. Not everybody has that. For the Jersey retirement, Aaron's family and friends were able to join in on this unprecedented accomplishment. Larry provided his observations of the entire night. It's kind of surreal. It doesn't seem real, honestly. She was already in the Hall of Fame. Her 2002 team that got to the lead eight, then they were inducted into the Hall of Fame. But retiring a jersey, and so every time you walk into that Butler Hancock gym, you're going to see her jersey next to uh, Higgins, the basketball player from UNC, and I think that was in the mid-'80s. That's pretty dang cool. 
it was great. We had a lot of friends that came up and we had all the family could be there except Marissa and her family because they're in China. And, and then you walk in the gym and you sit down and then it's time. Then they unroll the banner and it's kind of, okay, this is, this is very cool. <laughs> Ron Alexander was there. Uh, he had a little window to make it. He said he would have missed it for the world. He's a principal in Nebraska. She had some former players that flew in. It was great. And Lindsay, the coach, it was just awesome and getting this all set up and making this happen. And she spent a lot of time on it. I really appreciate that. Her team was very gracious and congratulated Aaron. And that was wonderful. Aaron was able to share the experience with husband Tyler and daughters Bryn and Kellen. And she expressed her thoughts of having her jersey placed in the rafters and the memories that came to mind. Well, first, I didn't realize how seldom it happens. I just didn't really understand that. And then when I found out that I was the first female Jersey retired, I just felt really proud to tell my daughters. It also just made me really nostalgic, just thinking back about all those memories and all the hours I had put into that sport um, and out on that court. I just kind of didn't feel worthy, really. I just felt like, really? Why are they doing that? Of course, I was very honored. We're standing out there. And of course, I'm very emotional. But they were kind of rattling off some of those statistics that still hold. And I still am the leader in kills and I'm second in digs. People forget about your defense. Like, right. go kills. But I took a lot of pride in my defense. And Christy Crom was also, I just loved playing back row with her. She was tenacious and we just wouldn't let stuff hit. It's all your teammates, though, too, because it's like you can't get that if you don't have people conserve receive and your setters giving you the ball. And I mean, obviously, I did stuff with it, but I mean, we just had just such a good supporting cast. And you can't get that if you don't have good players around you. It's just mm-hmm. the reality. And in looking back, what did she miss most about competing at the highest level? My favorite part of a match is if we were in set five. I love set five. You're down 13, 14. And I'm just like, let's go. Give me the ball. I just love that hype and just down to the wire. That's That was my favorite. I just like that energy of like a tight match and you just have to do something and show up. I just liked that. I don't think I would now. I don't know. You know, you change (laughs) as you get older. Now I'm like, oh gosh, I don't know. But in the time. In the end, the road to success is easy to explain, even though the very few can complete the steps. Put your nose to the grindstone. Set your goals high and stick with it. Be consistent. I don't know. I think too, just be true to yourself and to those around you. A small town Strasbourg girl can go and do big things. I think the sky's the limit for anyone if they're willing to put the work in. It is my hope that any coach will be able to have many of these stories to be reminded of how rewarding the profession of coaching can be. And for this reason, it is an honor to add Aaron Deffenbaugh's chapter to the coaching story. 